Before we get into the episode, I want to thank our sponsor, Dad Jokes. Specifically, Walt's dad joke today when Darren Dreger said, clarifying the conversation on the podcast regarding Jack Eichel, there was no consensus among the doctors Eichel saw on the West Coast specific to disc replacement. However, league sources say the Sabres remain strong in their position. The best option is fusion surgery. To which Walt said... This whole situation seems like a pain in the neck. Cue the music. Welcome into the second season and the first episode of the Saber Metrics Podcast. My name is Bill. Alongside me is Walt. Um, Walt, any anything you want to say about the uh, our sponsor today? Oh uh, yeah, I'm ready to make some more great dad jokes. I thought, I mean, I thought that was one of the best tweets I've ever done. I'm surprised if you get more likes. I love it. <laughs> I, I was, I, I know I'm making fun of you, but I love it. That was great stuff there. Um, I'm, I'm of age where dad jokes just get me every single time. I saw that. I was like, we're, we're gonna have to talk about this later. Anyway, welcome in. Um, we're just gonna get right into it because there's plenty to talk about, uh, especially with the season right around the corner. Um, you got training camp opening up this week and preseason games starting next week. Um, and uh, there's a particular player that is still here. Uh, we've been saying it all summer, and we're saying it again. So let's get right into uh, what has already happened, which was the Prospects Challenge. And, Walt, I before I give any kind of commentary on what I saw, because it was, it was kind of tough on that stream, um, you were at the game Friday, I believe, and I just wanted to see what you, you know what the vibe was down there in Buffalo. Um, some of the players that stood out to you, um, you know, some of the players that stood out that shouldn't have, like Brett Murray should have, and he looked good, but he also should have, um, and and you know JJ Paterka also kind of the same way, um, but he was impressive as well. So was there anyone else that uh, that really caught your eye out there? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I thought it was definitely, like, it's always a fun event to go to, and I think it's usually an event that's kind of run by, like, the older players sometimes, and I think a great example of that in this in this year's edition of the Prospects Challenge is definitely Brett Murray. I mean, he's, like, 6'5", 240. He's, like, 23 years old, so he's older than, like, a lot of the guys that are playing. Like, some of these guys are still 18 that were just drafted. So, I mean, they just had a really hard time, like, covering him. Uh, in front of the net on the power play and also he showed off some nice skill and stuff too which is nice to see and i think i mean even though he did dominate because of his size and just because he's an older more experienced player i do think there's some potential for like a depth nhl or there i mean just with like the some of the skill he showed i mean some good hockey iq uh definitely can't move that well if he wants to be a forward at the nhl level but i think the rest of his game's there enough where he could still maybe be an effective player and then uh, J.J. Paterka, I mean, it was everyone's first look at him in a Sabres uniform. I thought he looked great. I mean, first to pucks in the corners all the time, just a quick player. Added that playmaking dimension to his game. Has, like, just the right amount of sandpaper to his game. Uh, I mean, got a bunch of points, show off his shot on a power play with a goal. Picked up a ton of assists. I mean, he was probably, I think he was the star of the show for the Sabres. And I think he could definitely be someone that pushes for a roster spot this season uh, now that he's made the move to North America. I mean, we'll see what he could do in training camp against older competition, but, I mean, he looks solid. And then, I mean, Quinn only played one game. I, I liked what I saw from him. I mean, you could tell, like, why he was, like, such a hype prospect just because, like, his hockey IQ, the way he utilizes space. I mean, didn't really, didn't really put up numbers in the one game he played, but, I mean... This first game back in a while. I do not 
I do not really expect him to be a guy that like uh, pushes for a spot during training camp still because he looks a little bit rusty. And I don't know if he's – I think he's going to need some time. I mean, whether it be Rochester – I mean, now he's no longer eligible for junior, so it's going to have to be Rochester. I think he's going to develop down there. And, I mean, yeah, we'll see what happens in training camp. Yeah, and I think with Quinn, Paterka, all these guys, really, I I don't expect them to make the roster. Um, I'm not going to put expectations on them. I've kind of learned my lesson after what we did with Casey Middlestat because we all owe him a huge apology. And we'll, we'll see what happens this year, obviously. But, yeah, when it comes to guys like Paterka, Quinn, uh, Samuelson, um, Laxanen, if it takes them another year down in Rochester. I mean, I would like to see them maybe get some time with the Sabres because it's pretty much going to be a lost season anyway, so it'll be good for them to get exposed. But to spend a majority, if not all, the season down in Rochester really won't bug me with those guys, especially if Rochester's playing well. I like Seth Appert. Uh, Michael Peck as a coach down there. Mike Weber, He's he always seemed like a guy that would be a good coach, so I kind of like what they have going on down there as well so even if they don't make the sabers or they're only up for a couple games it's really not that big of a deal now if they're blowing it away and you know there's it's it's very evident that they need to be on the sabers kind of like an r2 roots aligning situation where everyone's like all right come, come on the guy needs to play in the nhl then you might hear some like gripes from me but besides that i don't i don't it doesn't really bother me that much like uh, all these guys are going to be down in Rochester with like UPL, Laxon, and like all the guys I mentioned, and it's good for them to get that experience together. I don't really want to see them going up and down all the time and stuff like that. Maybe they're you know some of the, like the veteran guys, like Ogilvy and Smith, and some of the other guys can can be the guys that are getting called up and sent down frequently. So these younger players more have an established base um, instead of just you know making trips down the ninety the entire time. So. That's just kind of my my thought process when it comes to any of the young guys that are over here, like Paterka and Quinn mostly. I don't really have a problem with them in the AHL pretty much the entire season um, because that's where I I more or less expected them to. Is there – I mean, Paterka could push for a spot, but is there any disagreement on your end with that? I mean, I think – I mean, Paterka's played pro hockey for the last two seasons, so – I think he's probably the most likely, I mean, prospect to push for a spot. Uh, yeah, I mean, down in Rochester. Yeah. I I just think. I know. I I just think he's a better like a uh, player right now than Jack Quinn is, and I mean, it's also probably due to the fact that he's gotten a lot more development time. I mean, Jack Quinn barely got any playing time last season. I mean, he was at the World Juniors. That I think he got like twenty or so games with Rochester. I mean, Paterka played in uh, Germany for a full season, got the full World Juniors experience where he played amazing. I mean, you couldn't really have asked for a better developmental year from him. And I just think just the way he plays, I just think he's... uh, I think he'd be able to survive the NHL better, even with his lack of size, I mean, just with the way he plays. I mean, he had to adjust his game to be able to play in a men's league for the past two seasons, so... I wouldn't be surprised if he really shows up during training camp and really impresses in those preseason games. For sure, and I'm I'm definitely looking forward to those preseason games for guys like Paterka to see how he stacks up against those guys. Someone else that I've kind of, I guess we've all kind of been down on, but I've definitely been down on is someone like Matias Samuelson, who looked really good in the prospect challenge, um, the the game he did play, and then he like blocked a shot right at the end of the game um, and was held out the next. But if, if he is back and, and healthy, I kind of want to see how he plays too because I think he could be a sneaky pick. But we'll get into more like surprise picks and opening roster and what we want to see in the preseason a little bit later. Um, just some news that came out today was the Sabres theme nights. Um, I just kind of wanted to get your opinion on a few of them. Um, you got the home opener, which is October 14th against the Canadians. That's pretty standard. Harvest Fest is two days later on Saturday the 16th against the Coyotes. Not exactly sure what that entails, but that just me being ignorant. Yeah, no idea what Harvest Fest is. No clue, but go <laughs> go wild. Uh, white Hot Friday is where they wear whites at home, and we once I get through this list, we will talk about that too. Um, but that's where they're wearing, I believe, just their standard, technically quote unquote road jersey. It's not like the the fiftieth anniversary one or anything like that, or the um, the Adidas throwbacks. Um, I, I think it is just their standard away jersey but who knows 
Um, then Saturday, November 6th, against Detroit is Val James Knight, the first African-American player in the NHL. So that's going to be awesome um, Saturday against Detroit. So um, that's definitely one I could see myself going to because, uh, you know, Detroit's a, an in-division rival, and, and they got a young team too, so that should actually be a good game. Hockey Fights Cancer Night, huge night for everyone, November 29th against Seattle. So I believe that's the one and only time they'll be in town. So I think that's going to be a banger just in general, just because like everyone loves hockey fights, cancer night. It means so much to everyone. And then you add on like the expansion teams coming, like I'm sure a bunch of people showed up to the first time Vegas showed up in Buffalo. So, um, you know, that's, that's a big night. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. You have uh, December 10th, white out Friday. That's against the Rangers. Um, I guess, excuse me, the Untouchables, my bad. Uh, December 11th is Native American Heritage Night against the Capitals. So that's good stuff there. Um, January 6th is Hometown Heroes Night. So January 6th, Hometown Heroes Night. Presented to you without comment. Um, Saturday, January 22nd is Youth Hockey Day. Um, that's such a huge – I remember being a youth hockey player for the Amherst Knights in Buffalo when I was a kid before moving and, like, having any kind of sabers around, like, the Pepsi Center, which that's what it was then, or, like, going to the Todd Marchand camp. Um, you know, that was, like, a huge thing that got me into hockey and, and kept me going. So um, I, I love all, like, the youth outreach, you know, like, hockey days and, and getting people involved because hockey is awesome. Um, and then March 6th, kids take over. That's against L.A. I don't really know what that means, but if there's a if there's a bounce house, I'm there. Um, Pride night is March 10th. That is when Vegas comes to town. So there's the other quote-unquote expansion team, I guess. Um, then you have throwback night, which is March 25th. Um, I, I, this is, if anyone actually wants to go find it, go ahead but this is just me talking to walt right now i love that thing i sent to you it's like a family guy clip and it's like a warmed over uh, turd from 10 years yeah. ago i was dying um anyway yeah so that's throwback night i, I would assume goathead's coming back i feel like they i feel like they can't botch this yeah i mean the rumor is that the goathead will be coming back okay within the next couple of years so maybe they debut it like a, a couple months early like before next season who knows yeah Exactly. Yeah. I mean, just give us something good because at that point in the season, it's going to be brutal. And then yeah. <laughs> April 29th is fan appreciation night, which is their last home game. Um, a white hot Friday, which is just them again, wearing their, uh, their whites. And then it's RJ's last call. Uh, that one's going to sting. Yeah, um, that one's going to be sad. That one's going to be really sad. Um, it's going to be a tough season for him. I hate this is how it's going out for him. But, I mean, everyone, no one's going to think of his last season here. You know, I mean, people will be upset about it for, for years to come, kind of be like, I can't believe that's the way he went out. But at the same time, they're just going to remember all the good times. I mean, he's been doing it for, I believe, 51 years. Like, that's totally awesome. He deserves yeah. to, you know, his retirement and, you know, come back whenever you can, um, RJ, because uh, we'll, we'll miss you. But uh, that's a long way off from now. So uh, let's get into the stuff that's kind of more in the present future. Maybe. I don't really know. Um, because Kirill Kaprizov, I think I didn't mess that up, which is astonishing, um, signed today for five years, $9.5 I believe. It's in the ni- It's either 9 or 9.5 I think it's just $9 million flat. Okay, there you go. Um, and they're kind of goes another trade partner for for eichel maybe i'm not exactly sure i just it seems like the trade destinations have really dried up because he's he's checking in at camp and he's here and it's i I don't know when media gets to talk to the players first and i mean technically he's still the captain of the team so he's gonna have to talk to the media like are you gonna hide your captain um so i mean what one, what are like your thoughts on the destinations, the big ones? You have Minnesota, uh, Vegas, uh, L.A., Anaheim. Uh, who's the other one? There might have been another one there. Uh, New York, the, the Rangers, which, I, good Lord, I don't really want to talk about, but they're still technically a destination. Um, and then also just kind of like the, the impending doom or the impending drama that's coming with Eichel now being at camp. He's not traded. He's made it very clear that he does not want to be here. I mean, what are your just thoughts on on everything I just mentioned? 
I mean, well, I think it's really like nothing short of a disaster. I mean, just because he's like still a saver right now. And just, I mean, it's such a tricky situation just from like a PR perspective and just from like the GM's perspective, still trying to keep his value like decently high. I mean, he's your captain going into the season. Like he doesn't want to be here. He's made that obvious. And, but you can't really take away the captaincy from him because then that looks, that looks even worse on the Sabres. And then, Maybe, like, I mean, with how old-school and traditional the NHL is, maybe they view stripping the captaincy from him as, like, lowering his trade value. So it's just, like, all those little things like that that you're going to have to deal with since he's still on the team, like, entering the season. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they just have him come to Buffalo for his physical. I mean, we all know he's probably going to fail it with his neck injury and then just, like, head back out afterwards and, like, rehab elsewhere. Kind of what we saw him do, like, the end of the season. I mean, when he was rehabbing his injury, he really wasn't in Buffalo for the majority of that time. So, I mean, maybe it's going to be a situation like that where they're just like, all right, kind of like stay quiet on this. I mean, we're still trying to get a deal done. Like, try not to say anything that will like affect your trade value. Or, I mean, I think they're just really going to like not really give him an opportunity to even speak to the media because, I mean, for him, it's... For him, I feel like there's really no, like, bad move here with, like, what he could say to the media. Because at the end of the day, he wants out. He doesn't really care what the Sabres get in return. I mean, maybe deep down inside he does. But on the surface level, it's like, if you want out, I mean, you don't really care what happens to your old team. So, yeah, it's just, it's kind of a mess. I mean, there's really no, like, no clear trade partner at this point. Pretty much every other team has made already made plans for the next season, made plans for the future, made plans to maybe continue the rebuild rather than go for it now, like uh, we're seeing with Anaheim. So, I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean, that's probably the only word I can use to describe this as interesting. I just have to, I've been thinking of all different, I know we talked on the last podcast of taking less, getting a bigger quantity. What about, I mean, and again, it's like a contract thing, you know, someone somehow during the season um, you know a, a big contract for a team needs to be taken off so they can open it up for someone else or whatever it may be and and so they take on a contract they take like a like a 2023-2024 first round pick and maybe like a like a prospect like at some point like next summer at this time we're talking about him having a no move clause and he completely dictates where he goes. He t- Taylor Hall, where the Sabres allegedly had a better deal in place for Vegas. I, I think that's the way the story goes. And Taylor Hall's like, nope, not going there. I want to go to Boston. And so they had to take Anders Bjork and what, a second? Yeah, a conditional second, second or a second? <laughs> and so, I mean, that's exactly that's exactly it that, and, and on a bigger scale. Because like Taylor Hall was a one-year deal and he was playing like garbage. Again, Jack Uckle's hurt. So like there goes his trade value immediately anyway, but it it's bad. I mean, there's the Sabres gonna have to get crafty again. You're not going to like what you get back with him, and I mean, there's a like a less than one percent chance that you can fix this and have him be your captain for the rest of time. I mean, I I like you Don Granado. I like you Kevin Adams. I really do. It's you guys aren't that good. Like, it's over. And it's not your fault either. It's the people before you. So they don't, I mean, maybe you can, you know, kind of go after Adams for the way he's handled this. But that's about it. I mean, he wasn't the one yeah. who created this situation. I mean, that's kind of the thing with Eichel. I mean, he's kind of really the last piece of the old regime. Yeah. I mean, obviously you have some, like, minor guys like Thompson and Eakin who are still here who... Like probably shouldn't be but i mean eichel's kind of like he's like the last like major piece from like the old sabers era so i mean i think i think like just everybody's ready to move on i mean i think the team's ready to move on he's ready to move on the fans are i'm ready, to move, ready on. to move on <laughs> like it's like at some point i'd rather talk about like prospects like i mean guys like shane wright Michkov, bedard than talk about like jack eichel getting like a neck fusion or disc replacement i mean like at some i point... wasn't i wasn't really even going to go into that because i have no idea as, as you guys can probably tell i'm not a surgeon and i have no clue 
like I can read up all on that stuff still doesn't it kind of goes over my head so whether fusion or disc replacement or whatever it all sounds bad it all sounds like he's going to end up on the LTIR so and I, I do like the point that you mentioned where it's like maybe he can just fail his physical and they just they're just like all right see ya and so like he doesn't have to face the media so it, he really and he's not around the locker room where he shows up he walks through the doors and guys like Dylan Cousins and Casey Middlestat and Rasmus Dahlin and be like there's a guy that doesn't want to play with us like yeah, and I mean, that's it, again it's like that's like the worst feeling in sports is to have like a teammate. I mean, who like doesn't want to play with you. I mean, I'm sure I mean, they know it's not like a personal so shot to yeah. him. You know what I mean? I'm sure Rasmus Dahlin is not like, he doesn't want to play with me specifically. What a jerk. No, I mean, he just doesn't want to play for the team. But again, this is hockey and it's a team game and everyone needs to buy in. And from what Kevin Adams and Don Granado have said, the young guys are buy- buying in. Wow, I thought I mispronounced that, but I didn't. Good for me. I'm on fire. Um, it, it just seems like something that, yeah, if they can say, look, you found your physical, we're still working on it, get out of here. You don't want to be here anyway. I think that works out for everyone. Um, and I yeah, think I mean, that's, that's the best, best case scenario. For right now. I mean, best case scenario was yeah. trading him earlier. But yeah. I mean, that's what they have right now, and that's that's it. I mean, and I'll frankly, I'll take it. You know, I don't really want to have to deal with like that kind of drama. Like you said, I'd rather be talking about other guys too. Um, you know, whether it's the draft or prospects, um, you know, the, like the Russians are, are all playing. There's plenty of guys over there. Um, you know, talk about them, which by the way, we do plan on having a guest to talk specifically about those Russian prospects a little bit later. Um, we're, we're just waiting for more of the season, bigger sample size, so we can kind of, you know, break down a little bit more and, and talk and, and have a little bit more time viewing their highlights and clips and stuff like that. So a little bit later on, we're, we're planning on doing that. But going, you know, last thing I'll say on the Eichel thing is at this point, he wants out. We want him to be out because we know it's not over. It's, again, not a Ryan O'Reilly situation where it's – it was like the, the fans forced him out because like that narrative that came out basically like he said he didn't love hockey anymore and the Sabres fans didn't want him anymore. It was really management didn't want him anymore. And this is like not yeah. the same because they've just failed Eichel at every turn. And again, it's not Don Granado's fault and it's not Kevin Adams fault. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough, but at the same time, you know, there's, or at least we know like Kevin Adams is willing to plant his feet in the sand and say, no, this is, this is what I'm doing. And, I mean, for good or bad, I mean, there's there's something to be said for that. Like, it's really bad that it he hasn't been traded still. But at the same time, at least he didn't get absolutely shelled in a trade. I don't really know what was out there and what was possible. But at least we know he hasn't made a bad trade yet. Like a, like a truly horrendous. Like, I, I still think he can get one good piece. And maybe that yeah. is the only piece he can get, but I still think he can get one good piece instead of getting like an Anders Bjork in a second. I still think he can get a first, and I still think he can, or I still think he can get like a, a, a solid prospect, maybe like a second round guy, maybe a couple years in, like a real, like a solid prospect instead of just getting someone that's like a eh, third, fourth liner and like a second round pick in the future. I, I still think he can get something out of it. So he hasn't made... A, a truly terrible trade yet but that's also because my expectations are below the floor at this point yeah i mean i think i think the one of the underrated things about like this jack eichel thing is that his perception around the league like kind of sucks i mean you see like those uh kind of does those gms and scouts like when they comment in those anonymously in those articles like the athletic and stuff I mean, they really don't speak, like, too highly of Eichel or his trade value. I mean, some of the stuff was out of Eichel's control, but, I mean, obviously we see some stuff, like, leak out of the locker room that maybe he's not the best leader, maybe he's in over his head, all that stuff. I mean, like, hockey sometimes, especially NHL, can be a petty league with stuff like that. And even if players are really talented, we've seen them traded for pennies on the dollar if their character is something that's in question. And I really think that could be one of the main reasons why we're still seeing Eichel here. As I think the Sabres, they're valuing Eichel at his peak. They're valuing Eichel like he's a great captain, like a top five player. And other teams in the league are like, uh, we're not too sure of this guy. He's not the I centerpiece mean, of our team. I mean, maybe maybe for yeah. a couple 
couple teams, but he's like, we want him to be part of this, not be the guy like he was there in Buffalo with you. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, this is this is hindsight, and and I, you know, I if I went back two years ago, I could be singing a completely different tune. But I, I loved Eichel as a player. I mean, I don't really want to comment about him like off the ice, really, because I don't know him, but didn't really seem like the most like like the nicest guy I mean I don't know I don't really want to comment too far on that and and start like going after his character but it just like I loved him as a player but it's not like I was like infatuated with him like as a person I guess you'd say like there's other guys that I'm I'm definitely more like interested in like when they're talking and stuff like that like when Darlene's talking or like I, I even like Sam Reinhart when he was you know doing interviews and stuff like that um, again, like, I don't really want to get too far into that, but again, it was more, this is like an elite talent and like that elite talent is in question now. And it's and not like, injured. yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's, never be the same player again. So it's like, you're paying $10 million for a guy who's game. I mean, he's a really smart player, but a good chunk of his game relies on his athleticism. And I mean, and being able to absorb contact whole body. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, especially yeah. if you, I don't know, I, I think like the the worry of re-injuring himself and will he kind of you know kind of how they and this is like a weird example but do you know how they were kind of talking about joe burrow and they're like he doesn't really trust his knee or stuff like that like and he might not be the same player which sounds like he's doing fine and stuff like that and but it's it's kind of the same concept like will he be able to do the same things he was before or have the confidence to at least try the things he did before so i i don't know i mean it's going to – we're not going to like the, the return regardless. I still think there's a chance he can get one good piece in it. But, I mean, I, even then, I don't know. I think we're going to be going back and trying to compare the O'Reilly return to the Eichel return and trying to figure out which one was worse. I think we're yeah, going mean, to say the Eichel one, honestly, because Ryan Johnson doesn't seem too shabby. I mean, I, I don't know. It just depends on what Eichel comes I back. Think- but. With the O'Reilly trade, I mean, the one thing for me is I think, like, guys like Vlad Saboka, I think he's, like, the main reason why Eichel's currently in this situation of wanting out just because he, yeah. he sucks so bad. Oh, and they played him, like, second, third line minutes for two full seasons. Like, I'm just thinking if they added, like, a young player or, like, a savvy free agent or signing. Or try to force Marcus Johansson yeah. or Eric Stahl to be your second line center. Like, yeah, like I, they, I really thought Eric Saul was going to work out, and then the first game happened. I'm like, this is not going to work out. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's just an older player now, and I mean, I mean his, he hasn't he gotten a contract or a PTO at this point. I, I would assume he's yeah. maybe like talked to some people about maybe coming in, but he's either waiting for an injury or he's maybe retiring. I don't know. Like, it just doesn't. Say, maybe he's one of those like late signees, but I don't know, man. Really yeah, I mean, if they would have filled in that second line center spot after O'Reilly was gone with like kind of just like a major like Jordan Stahl at the draft type of trade, like back when he got traded to uh, Carolina. Like, I mean, if they like really like gun hard after a guy like Anthony Sorelli or someone like that, just like two off seasons Tyler ago, like, Johnson, ooh. maybe I don't like maybe even Tyler I mean, Johnson. I, think, I don't know. Just get like a young like two way defensive center. I feel like if they would have done that two years ago, I mean, we probably. We'd be talking right now about how we think Eichel, Reinhardt, and Hall are going to do in their in the season for the Sabers. You know what they needed? And, they needed a sixteen-year-old Dylan Cousins or fifteen-year-old Dylan yeah. Cousins. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Problem solved. Um, speaking of signing contracts, though, uh, Rasmus Dahlin. I think their first preseason game is in a week from recording. It's Tuesday today, and I, I believe their first game is next Tuesday. Could be wrong about uh, that, but it's it's within like the next six to eight days and he still hasn't signed uh I, again i'm not necessarily concerned like he can miss a a, a preseason game or two or, or whatever i'm not necessarily concerned but i'm just i'm curious to see like what's holding up the negotiations and you mentioned something earlier and i wanted you to expand on it about like his leverage towards the sabers about how the sabers are under the cap and if he doesn't sign by the start of the season, the Sabres have to figure out something to get up to the cap floor, correct? Yeah, I mean, right now I believe they stand. I think it's two point like four. Over, yeah, two point four million under the cap. So I mean, if Darlene's like, if he pulls like a William Nylander and they don't sign him till like uh, 
late October, November. I mean, they're looking at, I mean, they're looking at like cap floor violations, which are like, there's really no like set penalty for that. I mean, it's a minimum fine of 25,000, but it will result in larger things like forfeiture draft picks. I mean, that's exactly what you don't want to happen in a rebuild too. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, like, that's why Darlene has some leverage getting this thing done before the season and kind of like reaching his demands because I mean, Sabres aren't able to sign Darlene. They have to find $2.4 million somewhere. So unless they call up like Andre Mazaros in the Slovakia extra Liga and offer him $2.4 million to play his first NHL game in six years, I mean, I, there's not really many guys left on the market that you could offer $2.4 to. Eric Stahl, baby. Yeah. I mean, that'll, that'll open up like a money laundering case or something. You sign Stahl to $2.4 million at this point. Yeah, see, point. that's the thing. They would have to sign like a couple guys to like a million here, a million there, and like a $700 one there because like you can't – at this point, you know, the what would it be like the NHLPA or something being like, no, you're grossly overpaying that person for a specific reason. Yeah. I mean, like, I'd love to be that guy that gets a 2.4 million. That's what I do in Shell Buff- when I'm going through a rebuild. Yeah. I signed like <laughs> Dustin Bufflin, who doesn't play anymore for like a one-year contract for like $10 million. I'm like, yeah, see, I'm over the I'm over the floor. But like that doesn't that doesn't work in real life. So, that is pretty funny how he does have some leverage over. I mean, besides the fact that he's just like, you guys suck and I don't want to play here right now and I'm just going to drag this out because I can, which I'm sure that's not the reason why he's doing it, but that would just be really funny. Um, I, I yeah, mean, I mean, I wonder if he has the leverage to do like the Matthews type of deal where it takes him right to his UFA year. I mean, I don't think he's I, had that great of a start yet to be able to get that leverage for that, but I mean... It'll be interesting to see if he goes that direction. I mean, if he does, it would definitely be concerning for the Sabres. I mean, who's going to be yeah. your first your first defensive pairing on the left side? You lost Jake McCabe. Like, who's going to yeah. – Jacob Bryson? Is he going to be your, your first – I'm definitely missing someone, and it's super embarrassing. It's going to um, be Ethan – I mean, Ethan Prowse, a right-hand shot, I think. Yeah, yeah I don't like, I mean – What do you – Yeah, do? I don't even know. Maybe Sanderson? a guy probably – yeah, maybe he sees a guy like Owen Power behind him. I mean, maybe that will affect like whether he takes long term or short term. Because maybe he's thinking like, say if I take short term, I know I'm a really good player, but what if they kind of split up the power play minutes between me and Owen Power, like three years from now, uh, during my next contract year, and maybe that lowers my point totals a bit. So maybe that would push Darlene towards more of a longer term deal. I mean, at this point, it's really hard to tell. Really kind of what's story. going on between the two parties. Yeah, but that's I mean, that's just what I'm curious with. Like, I'm not concerned yet. I'm just interested. You know, like, yeah. when it's, when, you know, he's missing a few preseason games, that's when, you know, Kyler gets a little tight and I'm starting to sweat a little bit. So, we'll see. we still got some time. Um, I mean, I'm just, I'm just so curious. I just really want to know, like, what each side's at. Like, I wish it was, like, an arbitration thing where they come out and say, like, these are what both sides have asked for. Like it's not it's not a right to know that information or, or anything like that, but I wish I did. Yeah, like, I mean, be... if uh, Darlene's agent was Peter Fish, we'd probably find out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, to something like I can't imagine not signing Darlene, and like I don't know what what would he do if he let's say he was just like nope, I'm going back to Fralunda. Like this I mean, this yeah. is this is Galaxy Brand. Like this is not going to happen, but. We're doing it anyway because we have our own podcast and we can do whatever the hell we want. Um, he says, "No, I'm I, guys. I'm not doing it. Sorry, like I'm not going through another rebuild with this team. I want to win, and I want to win before I get to you know my UFA years or whatever for some reason. I don't know. Just you know, indulge me." He goes back yeah, to Fralunda. What ha- Like he has to sign by. I believe it's like December first, or maybe they've changed it. But like then he's like, nope, not signing. Goes back to Fralunda. Then is he a UFA, or did Sabers still own his rights until he's no longer an RFA? Well, I mean, yeah, Sabers will still hold his rights, but okay. I mean, I believe there's a certain day in the fall where if he doesn't sign by then, I don't believe he's eligible to play. Yeah, he's not eligible to play, and he would just go play somewhere else. Yeah, I know with William Nylander, I believe it was uh, 2016. Or it might have been 2017 during his RFA year. I mean, after after his ELC ended, he was holding out for a contract, and they almost reached that deadline. And I believe he went he went back close. to Europe. I, yeah, I'm not sure if he was training with. I think he was training with the DL team, if I, I remember I correctly. Was, uh, 
Uh, I'm, I'm taking wild stabs at the dark. I thought he might have been training with like a team that his father played with over in Sweden or something yeah. like that. Maybe I, I don't know, but yeah. So I mean, I don't. Know, maybe Dufflin does that, but I mean, I doubt he would if he already flies over to Buffalo. I mean, if he even, I don't even know if he even plans on flying over until the contract's done. So, I mean, I mean that would be I, that would not be great because then he's got to go yeah. through maybe some kind of. I don't really know what the the quarantining thing uh, from people coming from overseas is with the United States in general, and then he's got to do physicals and stuff like that. I would assume he's already working on getting into game shape, but there's like there's training, and then there's actually like playing preseason games and like getting into game shape like ready to play 20 minutes a night or or even more than that let's be honest it's Rasmus Dahlin and the, and it's a Sabres they suck um yeah I mean he's got to be ready to go and um I'm just curious like say say this all goes through doesn't sign for whatever reason again it's not going to happen uh goes back and he's playing with Ferlunda or doing whatever and then like doesn't sign by the deadline is it is he a UFA after that or is he still Sabres no, property yeah, Sarah's still up, okay, but I, mean, I feel like that would be a bold move for him. No, just I because, mean, that would be stupid. Yeah. I mean, like, he was a hyped-up draft pick, but, I mean, he's really done nothing in the NHL outside of getting power play points to justify his draft position, to justify that type of leverage. I mean, if I'm the Sabres and he's playing, like, extreme hardball, which, I mean, once again, I don't think he is. No, again, I, mean, I don't think he is either. I don't think he's, yeah. like, threatening to leave or anything. This was simply hypothetical. Yeah, if he was though, I'd probably trade him ASAP because I'd be like, I mean, I'm <laughs> Dude, not the what? biggest Owen Power even... guy, but we have Owen Power on the left hand side. We have Ryan Johnson who maybe might be good. I mean, defenseman, you got to be elite, elite to be like as impactful as some of the top forwards. So I mean, I would examine the market for him if he was playing real hardball. But once again, I don't think he is. I think no. the will get done, but I do think it could come in. Kind of with like the with the being a bad team tax, like on top of whatever money he gets. I mean, I think he'll probably get more money than expected just because the Sabres are the Sabres. Do you think he's looking at, and again, it's different with forwards and defensemen. Do you think he's looking at Jeff Skinner's contract? Like, you gave it to him. Why aren't you giving it to me? Like, do yeah, you, I think. Do you think he's going to get like north of nine mil because he's. No. No. I, I mean, think, I, I personally I think, think he's going to be like 8.5. Yeah, I'd be shocked if he gets eight. I mean, that's kind of like my max. I mean, he's worth like, my mind, he's worth like four year deal at like six, six and a half. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah. My when I'm talking like big, big numbers like eight and stuff like that, that's on like an eight year contract or whatever. Uh, I, like a shorter term contract, obviously. If it's going to be a bridge deal, it's going to be smaller. Like you said, like four, four years, six mil. That sounds pretty good to me. Um, I just, again, not nervous, just curious. Um, Nervous comes in about a like a week and a half, I'd say, week week and a half, maybe two weeks. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens in training camp. Really, uh, it, it all just depends on. Um, I, I I don't really know where where would the Sabers have any kind of like leverage or anything like, hey, this is why you should do blank. Like, is it? I I just I I'm trying to think of like. Yeah, Darlene has the you know the cap floor leverage, and he does have the leverage. Like, hey, I mean, I can set this out for a little bit until, and I can wait to, towards a deadline. I'm like, what what saber? What do the Sabers have to like hold over him, if anything? Which I don't think there is anything. That's why I was trying to think of something to like say, hey, no, you, you should probably sign this sooner. I don't think they have anything. Yeah, I mean, they don't really have any leverage in any situation. I mean, that's yeah. what happens when you run an incompetent organization for about a decade is you kind of lose, like, all those, like, mini leverages, all those, like, hometown discounts you get. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I tried helping them out there, and it, I, I couldn't yeah. come up with anything. So there you go. Um, moving on to – oh, man. I don't really want to – all right, we're going to talk about it. Sabres embedded. Sam Reinhart makes me want to cry. Um, yeah. I mean, for those who haven't seen it, go watch it. Sabres Embedded is going to be the best thing you see um, coming out of, like, the Sabres content-wise. Uh, they do a great job with it. I love it. Um, Bill's Sabres, both Embedded's are, are awesome. <sighs> Sam Reinhardt gets traded, which sounds like they were super high on Devin Levy, um, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe it was just the fact that they were not getting a, a conditional first out of anyone. Um, but when it comes to Sam Reinhardt, he gets traded. Then 
you know, time goes by or whatever. I think he was traded, what, like really late on before the, the second round. And then he gets called like during like late in the, like the sixth or maybe seventh round. He, Kevin Adams get a, gets a call from Sam Reinhardt. And from what he told Terry and Kim on camera was like, he was like, I know you guys are going to turn this around and, and all this stuff. And just, it was a good conversation and oh, it breaks my heart. Like, as bad as I feel for like what the Sabres have done to Eichel, I feel worse for Reinhardt. He was here a year longer, and I don't like, I don't know. I just relate to him a little bit more, just like personally. And again, I'm not, <laughs> feels like I'm just trying to take shots at like Eichel's like him as a person. I'm really like not trying to do that. I just Sam Reinhardt was just kind of someone I related to more, and I, I really liked. And um, it was like one of the first like prospects that I watched. Watch like I watched like Kootenay more than probably any other like prospects team then maybe maybe like when I was going to Erie Otter's game one uh Connor McDavid was playing there like I just I love Sam Reinhart and he deserved so much better and just to watch that it's just like ah oh, it just hurts man it just hurts I what are your thoughts on it besides you know that you're tougher than me and you don't cry like me <laughs> yeah I mean I think I mean, it's definitely an interesting look at, like, the inside thing, the Sabres. I mean, it's probably a little bit concerning to have the owner's son at the... Yeah, uh, I was going to bring that up after. after what I mean, the Maybe f- he's trying to become the future GM or something, or maybe, maybe he's just trying to make some new hat designs. I don't even know. Maybe some, like, social media work, maybe. Kind of, like, seeing what the chatter is online, I guess. Maybe. I, I think I saw maybe he was on Facebook or something. I just, again, I don't know seems like a weird time to to implement take your kid to work day i just that's just my personal opinion they can do whatever the hell they want they own the sabers but them doing whatever the hell they want has kind of gotten them into this position so maybe like yeah. if you're thinking something's a good idea maybe just don't do it or run it by someone i don't know it seems like everyone else is okay with it i feel like kevin adams would be like yeah i mean he doesn't need to be here if it was really that important kind of thing I feel like he wouldn't even say that. He'd probably be like, oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> and he'd just be like, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I don't know. It was just weird to see. But I, I'm, I, It's not that big of a deal in, in hindsight, but, like, why? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, oh, man, those hat designs are freaking brutal. Yeah, I mean, that, he's designed some good ones, but the, like, the paint ones are definitely yeah. different. Yeah, he could be a really cool dude. I have no idea. I'm not trying to crap on whatever he's trying to do, but it was... Invite him on the podcast, maybe. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, so we've done some dumping on your parents for the past forever. (laughs) Um, No, I mean, I don't know. It's just weird. It was just weird to see, but at the same time, like, what's, like, the worst that could happen with him sitting in the room, I guess, besides him, like, maybe, like, texting one of his buddies, like... I don't know, like we're taking power or something like, and I'm sure he wouldn't do that with his mom and dad sitting there. Yeah, that would be, I I feel like, I don't know. Anytime they have computers on those cameras, they should, it should automatically be blurred out. Like that doesn't matter if you can even like make anything out on the screen, just blur it out anyway. Just pretend like something's important behind it. Yeah. He probably posted like the Sabres draft board to like HF boards or something. Oh god, he's going to going to cap friendly and doing like armchair GM stuff. Yeah, I mean that the inside looking draft room is interesting. I mean, I guess the one advantage is you get to see the fans together, but at the same time, I mean the fan it's interesting for the fans, but I mean I don't really know like how genuine some of the stuff is, especially like the draft stuff. Just because I'm sure they're talking about other potential players that they will take before they actually make the pick. So I wonder if they kind of just like go back in or like, oh yeah, we're taking Sardarian here, or if that's like actually the live footage and they edited out like the conversations before because it seemed like, it seemed like every pick was almost like too good to be true, like with the, like the consensus they had among the scouts. Yeah, I mean, I feel like any kind of debate, that's not the time to bring it up. Like they've already had plenty of meetings. If you have some kind of issue with like one of the guys that they were thinking. I mean, yeah, of course, on the draft, things change, and so you kind of have to adapt, and so maybe someone you guys were already planning on, he's no longer there, and so you guys have to kind of switch, and I'm sure some kind of debate would come up, but I'm sure they're either editing out like the parts where there is any kind of debate 
or at that point it's just kind of like they're making the call and like maybe a scout will will chime in but they they didn't get that on camera or something i mean maybe they'll they'll go to someone be like what do you think about this guy and as long as he's not saying like we like him here what do you think as long as he's not saying like no i i really i think you should go somewhere else i feel like they're they're probably just making the decision too so i think it's a combination of them like editing stuff out maybe they for specific picks they really only got like a couple sentences where it was already decided at that point and i don't know I feel like at some point, you know, guys like uh, Jerry, what's his last name? Jerry something. He was a, uh, it starts with an F. I, for some, I probably should. Oh, Jerry Forden. Thank you. Yes. Um, you know, I feel like at the end of the day, like he and Carmanos and Kevin Adams have like, and Terry uh, have last say. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely a little like Hollywooded up, I guess you'd say, but it's also like, could be just like sweet editing so like props to them if that's the case i don't know i mean like i i think was it maybe in a chat like the tcb chat or something where like someone mentioned like sardarian like it sounded like they never even talked to him or something oh yeah and they got he got like the russian like spam message like after he tried calling oh yeah oh man <laughs> that was weird it's like maybe like again Maybe don't put that in the video because, like, everyone's just kind of like, yeah, that's yeah. weird. Like, what's going yeah, on I mean, here? Yeah, because I know. I mean, that was a thing with, like, pre-draft. I mean, they're, like, the one of the last teams to interview, like, Power and Veneers. So that makes you wonder if they went that far down on their list to interview guys they like, like Sardarian and, like, guys like Novikov who they picked later. I don't know. I mean, like, yeah. and certain – like, sometimes, like, I get it. You can't, like, interview every single prospect. So I get it. But, like, if you're really high on someone – yeah, because like nobody is ta- nobody else is taking Sardarian that high. I mean, they probably had to know that. I mean, maybe they thought other teams were as high on him as they were, but third round pick was a pretty high spot to take him. So yeah, I mean, I think they would be like, a, I mean, maybe they did their research without talking to him, but that would be it would be kind of strange if they didn't talk to him beforehand. Yeah, I mean, it could be something where they're like, we're just going to draft the kid and we'll get to know him after we draft him, and you know, we have plenty of time before he's even going to be here. Like yeah, well, he's here. coming to Youngstown. I mean, he's in Youngstown yeah. right now. Their season starts in a couple of days. So, I mean, just like a two-hour drive to watch him play. So, I mean. Yeah, that could be another reason, too. He'll so. be able to keep close contact with him throughout this season. And then he'll be at University of New Hampshire next year. Nice. All right. Well, there you have it. So, I mean, I don't know. I, It's just when it comes to, like, the interview process, I'm sure that, like, certain guys – like a lot of them, they're like, no, we don't want this guy, and they were like able to check off a lot of those guys. But if you haven't like interviewed Power and Beneers, maybe it's just because like they knew they wanted Power, and they're like, we're just gonna we'll interview Beneers is just like because uh, he's a top ten guy, and you know yeah. we kind of already know we're gonna take Power, so like just interview him last anyway, kind of thing. So yeah, I mean, I just always think about uh, when Brian Burke when he's talking about how when the Leafs interviewed Nail Yakub. Oh yeah, I love it. The scouts almost wanted to fight him, and they had to like break, break it up before it happened. Like yeah. I was just thinking about like what if scenario happened with that with the guy you wanted to draft? <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, look <laughs> I mean, where I Neil, look where Neil Yakupov is now. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I wonder what he even said. I mean, to like actually want to fight like an eighteen year old kid. Like I wonder what he, he said. I don't. I think he was just acting like sullen and like didn't want to be there. He's like, I'm not even going to yeah. be on the board when you guys pick or whatever, and like essentially just like acting that way and i'm sure you know temper like it's a long day for those guys i'm sure some guy was probably high on his skill and, and wanted it to work out and he was just acting like a complete snob and and the guy was just pissed like i get it i mean just there's nothing worse than like a like a hockey diva it's just like what you guys are yeah. so tough but you, what what's going on here i don't know i mean <laughs> like a like a total total diva like i don't know there there aren't that many of them and Neil Yakupov was one of them. Like, the way he scored that first goal and he just, like, sprinted down the ice is just, like, saying peace out to his teammates. It's like, all right, oh, buddy, yeah. relax. Relax. Everybody's like, oh, the Oilers are back. The yeah. Oilers are finally good again. And then that season fell apart. Yeah. I think quick. that was a Kruger, too, wasn't it? I mean, there's there's one of the reasons why it fell apart. Surprise. <laughs> oh, man. Sabres and I, We're done talking about Sabres. Any, any last comments on, like, the whole Reinhardt thing? Because like I'm just sad about it, but anything yeah, else I mean, on I, that? 
I definitely think it's a situation where it's like he didn't want to be that guy that asked out because I feel like he felt like he owed something to like the organization. I don't know but, why, but love you for that. Sam. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he was like, I mean, I don't really want to be that guy, but I kind of want to win. Like I'm 25 years old, haven't played in a playoff game yet. Would you just be able to send me elsewhere? And then I think and they got him in a great spot down in Florida. Yeah, great and, spot. Yeah. I mean, like Barkov, Huberto, Verhage. Duclair, I mean, they got a loaded forward group, so Lundell coming in, I mean, it should definitely be a fun team to watch. And I'm, I mean, as much as I hate to see Reinhardt leave, I'm kind of excited to watch him on, like, a fun team like the Florida Panthers. I remember going to Florida, like, Sabres versus Florida games, like, in 2014, 15, stuff like that, because they were so cheap, and both teams sucked, but I'm like, hey, it's still NHL hockey, and, and it's a cheap night, and stuff like that, well... Now I want to go watch the Panthers because, like, their team's sweet. Like, their team's yeah, awesome. So like, I don't know what's going on with Aaron Eckblad. I know he had a pretty bad injury. Hopefully he's back. But, like, I mean, they've got so – they they have, like, key players in everywhere you want. They have the first-line centers. They have depth. They have, you know um, – uh, is it not Varlamov? It's uh, – holy crap, who's our goalie? Bobrovsky. Yep. Um, and yeah, Spencer, Spencer Knight. Knight coming up. Yeah, he, sh- he might even start this year, which I think would add like another dimension to their team because, I mean, Bobrovsky's been pretty mediocre. So if you add good goaltending to that mix, they could have a cup contender, I think. Why, do, why does Florida get all the good hockey teams? Yeah. Go away. I mean, it's like, yeah. <sighs> just they, annoying. they played the Lightning better than almost any other team I watched play the Lightning in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. I think a few other bounces going their way. I mean, we could have seen them win the Cup last year. So it's definitely a fun team to follow. Going Florida Panthers versus Vegas. That'd be fun. <laughs> Doing it. I don't, I'm not totally sold on Vegas once I gave up Flurry because, like, if as long as Leonard holds up and, and he's doing doing well like they should be good but once you gave up flurry kind of gave up that backstop i don't know who their backup goalie is so i could be totally disregarding someone else's skills but um anyway they we're... got a really interesting guy from brock university i think his name is logan thompson he like tore apart the hl last year i wonder if i wonder if he gets some games next year interesting well good for him um yeah that's i mean you're probably going to i mean how many, how many games do you think Leonard can put in? Like fifty. Yeah, Probably I mean he's been fifty. Yeah, he's been like a one A one B guy, even though he's been really good at it for like ever since he left Buffalo, pretty much. Yeah, maybe maybe forty five. I don't know. Interesting. I, I, that's another team that's like I don't. They should be cup contenders, but I can also kind of see things falling apart, like like what happened last year. Um, the year before and the yeah. year before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, okay, so last thing, um, preseason. Um, more specifically, let's just go over just like one person that could be like a surprise person to make the opening roster. I'm not necessarily saying they're going to be in the opening night lineup, but they will make the roster. And this is just kind of our predictions um, from – your end, I think I have a, I guess, it, who it could be. Um, but on my end, I'm not going to go with J.J. Paterka because that's who I think you're going to pick, and if I'm right, good for me. Um, I'm going to go with Matias Samuelson just because it seems like something where he could be like a seventh defenseman or or maybe playing the third pairing. Um, you know, they put in a decent game. Um, it was only one game, so I'd like to see how he plays in the preseason, but before even the preseason comes, I think Matias Samuelson is a player that they would like on their team, even if he's not 100% ready. Um, again, and if I'm wrong about this and he goes to Rochester, that's fine. I still think he has a chance to play on the Sabres next year or get called up for sure. Because, again, we have to remember that like injuries happen, and some sometimes these injuries are like pretty long-term. So he could see an extended period of time. Um, especially like look at what happened with the goalies not the same but like look how deep they had to go and and sometimes with the defensemen too um, you know especially when it comes to trades after the deadline and players getting injured is hope you know god forbid anyone gets seriously injured and, and is out for a long time but I could I could see him making the team um, so who on your on your end hopefully I didn't actually 
claim your person and said J.J. Paterka because that would just kind of ruin the surprise. But who do you think on your end could uh, be a surprise opening roster player for the Sabres? I mean, Lucas Ruszek didn't get hurt before uh, training camp. He would have been my pick, but, I mean, since he's out for a pretty decent amount of time, yeah, I think I have to go with Paterka just because I think, I think there's going to be wing spots open in that Sabres top nine. I mean, Eakin, he'll probably be a scratch, so I think you could see one of the guys that usually plays a wing move to center that opens up a spot. And then I know Granado likes Tage Thompson, but I think if you add Paterka to, like, Thompson's spot, on like a middle stat Aspen line, I just think he adds so much more to that line, and I think he, I just think he's gonna impress in training camp and preseason so much that I think he might stick with the team. I mean, they don't really have any other guys kicking their ELC off this year that will be like significant contracts down the line. So, I mean, if Paterka burns a year of his ELC this year, even though it's not a meaningful year, I mean, so be it. I think they'll be able to afford him down the line. I mean, they don't really have to worry about cap for a while. And I think he just has so many pro elements to his game. He kind of added that new playmaking dimension. I mean, we really got to see it up close in his, uh, in this prospects challenge. I just think everything he's done in the prospects challenge, I think a lot of it will translate to preseason games. And I think he'll get a lot of opportunities to crack the lineup. And I mean, I think he's a guy that could do it. I mean, that's a great point. I, I also think instead of maybe I, – I definitely think it could work with Aspen and, and Middlestat, but if you wanted to give him maybe like a lesser role, not having to put him on like – I would assume Middlestat's going to be like the first or second line center if you don't want to like put all of that weight on Paterka's shoulders. You could also like with like his constant motor, you could put him with someone like Gergensen's and I don't know, someone else. I don't know. York I don't know someone else said that has a decent motor as like a like an energy third fourth line um you know I, I think there's a serviceable player this season for Paterka um so I, I definitely don't you know I definitely don't blame you for for choosing him is there anyone else really because like Matias Samuelson is like the the size and his defensive coverage could play in the penalty kill block shots um, I think that's something they're going to miss with Jake McCabe so that was my pick you got Paterka who's Again, like kind of versatile in that sense, um, and can definitely open some eyes. Anyone else really? Um, I want to say CJ uh, Smith because I, mean, I feel bad for the guy because he's always been in Rochester, but that's just kind of where he's going to stay for the rest of his I career. Think probably. CJ Smith is gone now, isn't he? Is he actually? Oh, oh crap! There I go. Unless they re-signed him, maybe they did. Man, I thought he was on a two-year contract, but I totally could. Oh been no, he signed with. Uh... Says he's with the Chicago Wolves now. So. Dang. All right. Well, good for him. Um, yeah, there's a pretty good chance that he's not going to make the Sabres roster well, if he's on Chicago. Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah, they just got so many, like, those mid-tier guys like John Hayden. and Maybe, like, UPL. Like, UPL maybe because everyone's assuming. Maybe not assuming, and most people think UPL is a chance, but maybe, maybe he beats out Aaron Dell. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I'm pretty much – I'm almost penciling him into a spot at this point yeah. just because they might have the Aaron tactic Dull, too. Yeah, Aaron Dell's gonna I don't know if he's I'm pretty sure he has to clear waivers, but I mean he will clear waivers just because I mean he got what like an eight fifty seven save percentage last Didn't year. He have one win and it was against the Sabres. I'm pretty yeah. sure he had one. Oh, and by the way, I think uh Sabres Twitter bullied him into uh changing his number to like eighty or something like that. And it's like hey, good choice, yeah. but <laughs> Oh man! I hope one wear the same thing down in Rochester because I mean that I feel like that's probably where he's gonna end up, and he he got all that gear and stuff too, so I kind of feel bad, but again, but injuries happen. Yeah, um, I mean he'll see some games, but I mean if he's seeing games, I mean just the Sabers, the goaltending. I mean if you bad. need one sign to show that they're not serious about winning this year, I mean just look at the goaltending. Yeah, they signed two guys like super late, like everyone else yeah. is gone. And it was just like, oh. Anderson retired like two years ago and he came back for uh, that year at the Capitals. And then the Sabres convinced him to come back another year. And then Aaron Dell's like a fringe AHL, NHL guy. And Lukanen hasn't broken a 900 save percentage in the AHL yet. So they're pretty much playing with fire with their goaltending. Oh, man. I mean, ugh. I, I don't. I mean, you got Devin Levy, Levi, Levy, Levi with um and eric portillo in the ncaa so we'll we'll definitely keep you posting on how they're doing because 
Yeah, yeah. it'll be fun to watch. I think UPL and those two, I think they'll battle a lot in the future to be like the one and two guys. I mean, goalies are voodoo, but they have three guys that have NHL potential, so that's always nice to have in the system. It's, it's going to be a bad year. It's going to be a tough year. It, yeah. not, a, not a bad year. It's going to be a tough year. Because there's, there's definitely yeah. some good that can come out of this season. You know, a lot of guys progress, um, you know, hopefully get a certain player off the team finally. <laughs> um, I mean, it can be a good season. It's just going to be tough. It's going to be long. It's going to be a long season. Yeah. Um, we thought last year dragged on. This year is going to be uh, it's going to be a doozy. But any, we're going to be with you every step of the way. And providing more dad jokes um mostly what will be i'll definitely try my <laughs> my fair share of doing some as well um if you made it to this point in the episode i thank you very much for listening um again this is the sabermetrics podcast hosted by the charging buffalo and sponsored by jet dad jokes um my name is bill that's walt he has the last word here what do you got for us i mean my last word would be there's minor league baseball teams in altoona that have like two bobblehead nights a year and the sabers can't even give us one this year i love it we'll catch you on the next one